Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Well, welcome once again to Law Technology Now, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. Um, Mark Bazarda, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, he'll correct me if I'm not, is Vice President and Senior Counsel for the General Counsel's Office at American Express. A long title, but worth it. And Mark, you have been so gracious to be on not one, but two of our wildly popular uh, social media risks and rewards panels, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Monica. I, I love the panels, and you know I always love your company. I love talking about social media, so um, great to be here. Well, the most important question is, did I butcher your name? You know, you made me sound more like a French aristocrat, and so I, I never correct people when they do that. Uh, but it's it's actually, it's like it's like a wizard, but with a B, so it's a bizzard. Bizzard. Okay, well, thanks for correcting me. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And uh, Mark, we were recently together at uh, San Francisco, where ALM did its second conference, and you spoke both there, and you also spoke back in New York for Legal Tech on the same topic, um, and blew me out of the water, so I was delighted that our schedules aligned and you could, could be here. The... Um, Upcoming May issue of Law Technology News, we have a, a showcase on social media, and uh, I wrote the cover story uh, on a long-promised article about how do you create social networking policies for your corporation or your law firm that will protect the firm and promote the firm, because as you and I both know, there are just tons of issues that come up when when you're when you as an entity are doing social media, including HR issues, IP issues, branding issues, legal exposure issues, copyright issues, you name it, you name it, you name it, it goes on and on and on. So I want to get into that a little bit today, but before we do, to give our readers a sense of your background, tell us a little bit about what you did um, to get to American Express and before you were there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, I originally was a teacher. Uh, I was in a teaching program down south and called Teach for America. I did a two-year teaching commitment like the Peace Corps in the United States um, and got out of the teaching business and went to law school um, and thought I was going to represent school boards. And, uh-huh. and I actually did that for a period of time when I went into private practice. And I started representing some different school boards and some educational systems and at one of the school boards that I dealt with, um, they came out with a rule about filtering content in public school libraries. And from there, it was all downhill. I, I, I got like this, and it wasn't really a lot of cyber law. I call myself a cyber lawyer, which is kind of a misnomer because I don't really exist in cyberspace. But uh, I really should technically be a cyberspace law lawyer, I guess. And And when I got the bug, when we started talking about filtering, um, I just dove headfirst into that world of computer law, technology law, intellectual property law, advertising law, and uh, kind of the, the became of a, a mud of sorts. Um, but anything that dealt with the internet um, or you know that type of technology, I, I could get my hands on. I did, and I started um, by I was in Detroit at the time. I represented a whole bunch of kind of. Um, different Detroit personalities and registering different trademarks. Um, my, my claim to fame is I actually, I actually registered the four tops trademark, which was 
my, the easiest trademark I've ever got. Uh, normally, when you file a trademark, it takes like six months to get back to me. The, the examiner in that case actually called me up and said, uh, uh, this is the four tops. These guys are super famous. So you don't have a trademark already? Uh, and so... Uh, I really, from there, you know, what we found out was with the, with the four tops is uh, we started getting into kind of, well, how can, you know, th- these guys are, you know, they're out there, they're still touring. How can we kind of help build back up their portfolio? And one of the things we did is we went out in cyberspace and we found unbelievable amounts of people squatting on their names. Some legitimate great fan pages who we end up embracing. Uh, but a lot of people who were commercializing their name and not compensating the band. Um, and that just, you know, that, that was the, 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 the cusp of kind of cyber squat. You know, we 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 started doing that and started created the cyber squatting practice. Um, and then from there it just became, Hey, you know, we're starting to do deals with vendors on, you know, uh, uh, social, we did, we did um, website reviews and audits that, you know, soup to nuts kind of cyberspace law uh, issues. Um, uh, it's from there. I actually married a Brooklynite, um, who lived in Detroit with me for a couple of years and moved back to Brooklyn. Uh, I came out, worked for a firm called Thatcher profit and, uh, and worked, uh, you know, did some work in the VoIP industry, kept doing the entertainment sports law, kept doing the, doing the cyberspace law. Um, and I had a great opportunity in American express cause I actually worked it, it, my firm was in the next tower over. Um, and, uh, by happenstance that the position for, uh, the cyber cyber law position came open, um, and the group in American express called American express interactive or AXPI for short, um, had a position available. And basically that group is the group in American express that basically runs everything that's related to American express.com and the digital platforms. And they're kind of the, the gatekeepers and strategists as it relates to kind of our digital presence, um, and I've always been an American Express card holder and just a big fan of the brand. Um, you know, one of the top brands in the world. So it's just too good to pass up. And now, now and I'm here. And how long have you been with them now, Mark? Oh, uh, it's been about, almost two and a half years now. It's terrific. Two and a half years. Yeah. So now during the panel that we did in San Francisco, you put on a super presentation as you always do. And what fascinated me the most about your presentation was how you are effectively using Twitter. And I know in addition to Twitter, you you have forums on, well, obviously Amex's own forum, but you have presences on Facebook and YouTube and The Daily Wish and Take Part. Um, there's two things I'd, I'd like you to share, if you would, with our audience. One was how you uh, came up with and staffed and structured the Ask Amex a component of of um, your Twitter site, and I want to preface that by um, frequent readers of Law Technology News probably will recognize this story. But I'm the the daughter of a United Airlines pilot, and one of the things that blew me out of the water, I, I sort of called David Carroll the Susan Boyle of complainers, <laughs> and. It, for for those of us who haven't seen it, go on YouTube and just search for United Breaks Guitars. It will bring up a video that has more than 8 million hits that a, a Canadian musician named David Carroll did when the ground crew at uh, United uh, decided to play basketball with his guitar, allegedly. <laughs> um, and... Um, 
this resulted in a trilogy. And and at the program in San Francisco, we actually played the extremely catchy little ditty that he wrote, which culminated in in uh, skyrocketing his career. Uh, he he refused to take any money to settle the matter, and in fact, ultimately agreed that United could donate. I think it was three thousand dollars to yep. the the Monk Foundation for Children's Education, and. I just laugh because in in I in my cover story I I mentioned this and put the link in that um the Chubb Insurance Group at an annual risk management uh, uh program in Boston last month actually gave away 500 copies of his brand new album and talked about him as the center centerpiece of how he used this very infectious very catchy thing to complain. So tell the listeners if you would because I think it's kind of in the same spirit, how your unit, this Ask Amex, functions on Twitter and uh, how you're able to use it to diffuse um, complain folks who are irritated with Amex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's all part of our kind of our customer service regime. I think what Amex is known for is their customer service. I think that that's what sets us apart in a lot of ways. And that's just not, uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm not the advertising person. I'm the lawyer. But really, it, it is something, you know, in a, in a world where there's a lot of financial services company and in this environment, you need something to set you apart. And, and our customer service does that. And one of the things we found where, you know, that was a challenge, uh, and you've heard me say this on these panels before, is, is the environment started to change on us. And, you know, before in the world of marketing, you kind of controlled the message a little bit. You could say you put out a nice commercial and you could kind of dictate what the climate was like and tell and help people think what they want to think. And, um, you know, say, Hey, look, this is a big flashy commercial. But now you have this thing called the internet and the internet's changed. You know, that was, that was 1.0. Now, now, the, now we're at web 2.0 and the internet has been democratized and people are talking to each other. They're no longer talking directly to us. And as a big company, you feel kind of slighted in some ways, <laughs> but, but we didn't, we, we, our credit to our people, they, they, they thought it was a great opportunity. They, they said, Hey, look, you know, this is a, this is amazing. People, you know, we're, we're doing different projects in the space. And we actually, you know, you know, our story is we were, we were doing some philanthropic efforts, a members project, a program online where we just, we rolled out an online toolkit, which gave people the opportunity to, um, promote their, uh, their philanthropic kind of, uh, applic- uh their, their philanthropic kind of project, which we would award the win. We awarded the winner. I think it was, what was it? It was a good sum of money. I think it was a million bucks the first year. Um, and we had over 8,000 applications, I think. And, um, you know, people, Didn't the members vote for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, uh, Carm, uh it, we actually opened the, we, we had a, a Facebook fan page and had a couple other places online where, uh, anybody in the world could vote, uh, vote on it. And, and so, um, it spread like wildfire though. We just get people tools on Facebook and a couple other popular platforms, which they, you know, you know, we thought those were kind of, we thought they weren't tangential, but we didn't think those were the centerpiece, but people really dove into these tools, spread the word like crazy. It wasn't supposed to be that big a deal. And, um, you know, they started having conversations with each other and kind of really became brand champions. And our, our people picked it up and said, Hey, wait a minute, 
we want to be privy to this conversation. We, we don't necessarily have to be, you know, at the end of the conversation. We, we, we can listen. We can hear these conversations. And, um, you know, they're saying things to each other that they wouldn't necessarily say to us. So, in a way, the feedback was actually a lot better. And it was a lot more candid um, and a lot, a lot more valuable to us in a lot of ways. Uh, and we also saw some things in there where it's just customer service complaints that we hadn't emphasized before that, that were, that were going unanswered. Um, and that people were just kind of, you know, we're in the space and people on Twitter or Facebook or whatever platform they're on at the time, were just kind of yelling out in the ether. I hate American express or American express, you know, something about my interest rate or whatever the complaint was of the day. Um, or I just, I, they have all these membership rewards and I don't know how to use them. That's the big, that's the big, we found out that was the biggest one. And we had our membership rewards team was going, wait a minute. These are easy questions. We can we can help these. Um, so the challenge was how, how do you how do you answer those questions in a non creepy way and you know in a in, a, in an appropriate way? How, how do you enter someone's conversation? Um, and and how do you how do you do it in a legal way? Uh, in um, in a way that that amplifies the good and and you know mitigates the bad and, and kind of. Uh, Tamps down the bad messages. Now, Mark, in the we're we're going to have to take a break in just a minute. But along that lines, that the panel you said something that really stuck with me, which was the concept that the best marketing isn't what you put forward, but it's what other people are saying about you. And you cited an example, and and uh, we'll get to this after the break about uh, a young man who wasn't sure how to get credit and mm-hmm. uh, uh, talked about how your Ask Amex team uh, was able to turn that into to borrow Barack Obama teaching points. So when we come back, I want to ask you about that. And I also want you to tell us a little bit about how you set up the um, uh, the Ask Amex service and some of the lessons you learned that perhaps some of the corporations who are listening and lawyers who are listening might want to follow suit. And we'll be back in just a moment. Don't miss out on the latest in new media marketing opportunities for your firm. Contact Deb Curran at 781-551-9960 and learn all about the Web 2.0 revolution. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. And we are back. This is Monica Bay. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. I'm here today with Mark Bizarre. Did I get it right that time, Mark? Uh, good enough. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. And Mark is a big shot with American Express. He's the, the cyber lawyer there. Um, and we are talking before the break about the um, Ask Amex program and one particular frustrated young man um, who was complaining that he was rejected for by, a, by Amex for a card. Uh, tell the listeners how you guys 
handled that and what lessons you learned from it that our listeners might be able to to uh, capitalize on. Absolutely. And actually, that was the first week of our outreach program on Twitter. We, we run an outreach program at, 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 at Ask Amex. And um, our folks listen to the ether. We actually listen to uh, references to American Express on Twitter, um, and, and our software picks up uh, references to anything about says Amex or American Express. And this young gentleman, uh, about the fourth day of the program, he tweeted out, so how exactly is a student supposed to start establishing credit history if no card company will give you a card due to no credit history? And he put the emoticon, the little unhappy smiley face next to it. Uh, and he did that from uh, he actually did it from Tweety, um, which shows up on the Twitter, the public feed. One of our folks uh, caught this in our system and said, "Hey, look, uh, we got we have a car product for this guy. My I have a team of about five. I call them the Green Berets of service down in Fort Lauderdale that listen to the you know listen to the Twittersphere all the time. Uh, and you know they're highly trained customer service folks that know how to do customer service in this space, which is we can talk about about that a little bit." Um, but they just tweeted him back and said, hey, if you want to call me at 1-800, uh, you know, it's our customer service number, or uh, follow us on Twitter, we'll be here until 530. And sure enough, the guy, he reached back out to us. And and there's a little Twitter discussion that goes on, which says, and we get to, we, we basically tweet back to our stream um, that we, we give him, hey, you'll need 12 months of, of credit history. It's nice talking to you. Uh, have your mom call us. Ends up the guy's mom calls us, and we come up with a solution for it, and and, and we get this guy a card within the week, I think it was. Um, and the interesting thing is that this is where the power of social media comes in. Normally, you know, we do this all the time on the phone. Um, sometimes, you know, we we have, you know, sometimes we do it in person, but this all happens in the public space. It turns out this guy had four at the time he had four hundred sixty three followers of his own. So every time we serviced him, all of his followers got this too. And at the end of the day, he, he you, you saw this at the presentation, Monica. He tweets out to his followers and everyone else, listen, so ask Amex, has worked something out for me today. I'll be getting a card in the mail shortly. Yippee, they're the best. You know what I'm And so, um, you know, immediately we have 463 people. I think we quantified it, and that goes to a thousand within, a, you know, a couple thousand within one click. Two clicks away, you're talking about tens of thousands of people. Um, and the amplification of that positive experience takes place not only as a good customer service uh, piece, which we think we owe our customers as as a part of our brand promise, but an unbelievable marketing piece. I mean, we we you know we just do what we normally do every day as customer service. It becomes a mar- the best piece of marketing we can get is this gentleman who's unrelated to us, kind of giving us an endorsement, kind of giving us the most authentic kind of blessing you could get in this space. And he did it in a way at this high velocity. It happened really fast. And you can do this with volume. Our folks, you know, they'll help, you know, 10 or 15 people a day at least come to some sort of really good solution. Now, we can't come up with a solution every time, but you're talking about, you know, in the first week, we were we were really you know had had outcomes like this ten or fifteen times a day for the first couple of weeks. We're running out of time, but I want you before we we wrap up. You talked a little bit on the panel about the process that you your team took in terms of how you decided how to structure the the Ask Amex Twitter 
uh, process. Can you talk a little bit? Because I'm all about process, and I want <laughs> the 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 the. Uh, I mean, we love Amex, but it ain't a commercial for Amex. So That's right. One, of the, no, you're one right. of the one of the takeaways that um, that I was hoping you could talk a little bit about in our last few minutes is. How, in your role as part of the GC team, what were the factors you had to think about in setting this up, and what were the risks? I mean, one of the things that lawyers are really struggling with right now in advising their corporations and even their own law firms is there are serious risks out there to social media. How do you anticipate those and make sure you're getting the benefits and not the liabilities of using social media? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is not set the bar so high. You, 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 you're going to have to be willing to get dinged once in a while. Uh, and so if you have that mindset when you go in uh, that there's going to be bumps in the road, um, you know, and it's our job to make sure that those bumps in the road aren't, aren't potholes that swallow the car. I mean, so, uh, but Great you, you can't go in thinking you're going to have a mellifluous perfect experience where you're not going to, there's going to be no risk. It's a, it's a risky environment. One, because the speed, the, the rapidity of risk, just like I gave you the example of a po- how positive experiences can be amplified, negative experiences can be amplified too. And we're not above having those things happen to us. We, you know, you, you know, the very real risk is, um, you know, I think it, it depends on what size of organization, but I'll give you the example of our size of organization. You know, one of our biggest challenges is just communicating from our, communicating from our left hand to our right hand, and making sure everyone is on the same page, and everyone kind of knows how this process works, and everyone knows that at Amex, Ask Amex is out there. We don't have other uh, employees, or, or you know, worse. My always my worst fear is that a well-intentioned executive will try to answer one of these questions, uh, and that happens with other companies. That happens everywhere. That's a very good point, and that was one of the main things that was brought up at the conference. The good news, is, well, first of all, Mark, thank you so much. This has just been a great conversation and one that we could easily do for a couple of hours. We spent a whole day on it in San Francisco. Um, it's such an exciting topic, and we only tipped the got the tip of the iceberg on it. The good news is we are going to be doing another panel on uh, social media risks and reward. It will take place, um, uh, I believe, this fall in New York. You can find out about it online at www.almevents.com. They'll be posting information as soon as it gets scheduled, and um, I'm very excited about it. We've had two fabulous ones, and Mark, you were totally one of the superstars, and I thank you so much. Um, We are going to leave with a few thank yous, as always. First, uh, Mark, before we let you go, would you tell our listeners, if they have questions for you, how they can reach you? Uh, They can always uh, email me at mark.bisard at aexp.com. Always happy to help. Terrific. And I want to thank Mark. I also want to remind everyone that you can find this podcast in three different locations, www.lawtechnologynow.com, with our partners and producers, the Legal Talk Network, and of course, www.legaltalknetwork.com. And because we are so cool and hip, we are in the iTunes podcast library. (laughs) As always, a special thank you and shout out to Jill Winwer and David Jasper, our producer here in New York, uh, Lou Ann Reeb, Scott Hess, Mike Hockman, and Kate Kenny in Boston with the Legal Talk Network. Um, I am Monica Bay, and remember, there is no crying in baseball or technology. We will see you next month. 
Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.